Okay, okay, everybody, settle down, settle down. I want to thank everybody who was involved in season one of That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. It's Ooh. a wrap, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, where do we go from here? I'm thinking we need to spice things up, get a little bit of, I don't know, actual sponsorship rather than the fake meta stuff that they were doing before. Anybody like that idea? I've got an idea. (laughs) How about instead of doing season two, the guys who do the podcast, which is not you and me, pretend (laughs) that they're having a series of meetings about what to do in series two, and that is series two. Hmm. Well, the office came out. 30 years ago, so that will really chime with the young people. Are we going to make it like The Office? I mean... Not convincingly. (laughs) Not convincingly, I don't think so. I mean, like, The Office... I mean, out of the two of us, who's the Dwight Schrute and who's the Steve Carroll or the Ricky Gervais here? Who's the Dwight... I was thinking maybe we just put some office noises in and talk about office things. And, oh. then just do, and then just do an episode, maybe. Like, stuff like complaining about people microwaving fish in the microwave. and Yeah, and, like, photocopy noise and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be a really strong concept for a whole... Well, it, it hit home to our, our audience, and, of course, uh, <laughs> using all of our metrics, we know that most of the people that listen to the podcast are in an office. Or have been in an office, or live near an office. Yes, those metrics are solid. <laughs> we, we we captured that data, yeah. I remember. We captured the fuck out of that data. Yeah. Oh, we captured it good. Okay. <laughs> so then, how would we mention the socials though in that format? Um, by bringing it up in a completely meta way. Such as. Um, you could ask me. Um. So, what are the social channels for everybody in this office-based meeting? Okay, for everybody in the office space meeting, settle down. Yes, photocopier noises. And staplers away. So yeah, staplers and um, something about water coolers and air conditioning being too cold. And also... Packing tape. Yes. And also, remember that it's That Guy's a Maniac, all one word, lowercase. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube... Yeah. Instagram, yeah. the Twitters, yeah. all of the socials. Yeah. And then, could we perhaps mention the actual website? Uh, www.thatguys.uk. Oh, God. That's, yeah, okay. That's, <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a good way to do it. Actually. You mean www.thatguys.co.uk, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Very clearly, yes. Yes. But, yeah, okay. We could probably do something like that. I think that'd be really good. Cool. Um, is there any other business? Oh, fuck it, let's do an episode. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, let's never go into acting. I think um, force script good. work just doesn't work. I think it's 100% convincing. Are we still recording? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's bring it to some kind of actual sensible thing which is mm-hmm. what are we going to be doing today farley today we are bringing back a much loved format um 
a little thing we like to call what are you playing ah good 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 where we talk about the games that we've been playing right so to kick this off then <clears throat> you ready for this farley yes what are you playing stranger oh well done that's quite good that's quite good um they're gonna they're remaking it, aren't they yeah, Resident Evil 4. I, I don't know if it necessarily needs remade. Like, I think Resident Evil 4... As much as people would probably kill me for saying this, it just doesn't feel like a canon one in the series. Whenever you play Resident Evil 4, yeah. it, it's its own entity. It's like an arcade version of Resident Evil. <laughs> you know, so off base on all of these points. <laughs> Off Go base, on. why? Why? Yeah. It's not arcadey. Oh, it's super arcadey. Oh, Every encounter just feels very arcadey because all you're doing is aiming for the heads. You know, it just feels very. Um, it feels House of the Dead sort of thing. But to me, mm, you to know, me, all only difference would be is if it actually uh, had some kind of a damage number that came out of the zombie's head when you hit it. You know, and that would, boom, that would be the arcadiest game that you could imagine. No, because, well, I don't know. The way I think imagine. about arcadiness. <laughs> Possibly is... ever imagine in your lifetime <laughs> the arcadiest game. Yeah, it just, if you added numbers above the, the numbers on his heads when you shot them, that would be the epitome. It would replace they all would, other. The contenders. numbers would sort of flow out of it in an arc. You know, it's just sort of like a bang. Um, Yeah, to me, arcade kind of means it feels like a bit light a bit ephemeral so like it's a bit like ridge racing right? there's not really much to do it's really straightforward there's not unlockables there's not tons of things to do it's huh? just you know okay. have a go on this and uh yeah it's very easy and we're not going to throw those but to me that's what arcade feels like which if you just took the heart or the action of Resident Evil 4 maybe but then so much well for me so much Resident Evil 4 is all the other stuff in it right like the weird movement like jumping through windows and uh, closing doors and rearranging the inventory and the merchant and the boss fight so I think see I feel like the boss fights and the merchant add to that arcadiness because they, they are like specifically the merchant is very game breaking you know, or immersion breaking, sorry. Uh, but you forgive it immediately. And I feel like there's a lot of moments of immersion... I mean, don't get me wrong. If we pull on that thread, there's so many things in every single game that make them immersion breaking. Yeah. But, um, I, I, like, Resident Evil 4 is not a hard game. Like, yes, you can get overwhelmed. Yes, you know, you, you might have to take a couple of tries at a village so that you pick certain zombies off at the right time um but there's shit like there's one hit KOs in that game it is a cheaty arcadey game you know uh, uh, yeah when was the last time you played it going in cold with no health boosts and going in with all the items Except so the, the last time that I played it um was when they uh, re-released it on the 360 and now this was towards the end of the 360's lifespan um, but they re-released it as like uh, 
the GameCube one, which or maybe the PlayStation one, which had the Agent Ada thing mm-hmm. attached yeah. to it. Now, I own the GameCube and the PlayStation one, and for some reason still bought the Xbox digital version. Yeah. Uh, but I felt, you know what? I want to play through it again. So I did a, a full clean playthrough in exactly the same way as I always play through that game. My favourite gun is Red 9. I yeah. ignore upgrading every single other weapon in the game. Oh, it's such an edgelord. What? So edgy. <laughs> I'm not edgy. <laughs> no, he's so, he's so edgy. Is it? Why is it edgy? I don't know. <laughs> so you don't use another weapon. Oh no, I, I use other weapons. It's just the only one that's worth upgrading is the Red Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's quite tough on that first playthrough, actually. Is it? Seem, yeah. Yeah. When you've not got anything upgraded, it's quite challenging. So okay, why is why is Resident Evil Four? We weren't talking about Resident Evil Four at all, but we're gonna do it. <laughs> Resident Evil Four arcade, but like um, Resident Evil One, Two, and Three aren't. I think is it just... what makes it feel arcadey to me, yeah. uh, and, and when I think of Resident Evil Four, yeah. the first thing I think of is the zombies eyes. that the way they they walk towards you and yeah. the gate that they move in. It's so very AI programmed, just like it knows that you are pointing at his head. So it yeah. sort of, and I don't know. It just feels like you're getting into the swing of a flow or a. A, a really strong game mechanic which just becomes you know like if you replace the zombies with I don't know like uh, flying UFOs and you've got a ray gun instead and yeah. every time you shoot them it goes boing <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like don't that... all UFOs fly isn't that what the F oh yeah yeah it's true um, although some people call like, LGMs UFOs oh okay you know, so yeah, yeah. But I did actually mean like flying saucers. You know, yeah. just sort of floating about yeah. the screen. Um, and I think that's what makes it kind of become arcadey to me because I think the mechanics become quite transparent. And also, to succeed in that game, you need to know those mechanics and really play it. And so the zombies don't become scary zombies anymore. They just become these floating targets. That you have to shoot, and I watch occasionally their heads burst open, and so you get that extra challenge. But it's, so we, it it does kind of just feel like a Japanese target shooting game. So would so would you say that Halo is arcadey, which is kind of the same, right? I mean, yeah, I I would say that Halo. I mean, the thing that kills me in Halo kills. is. How... Murd massacres you. Yeah, yeah. It... <laughs> okay. Eviscerates you. <laughs> there is a thing in Halo which bothers yes. me ever so slightly. Is it the Halo? Is it uh, John no, no. Spartan? One, one, seven. It's the jumping. Is it the warthog? It's the jumping. Oh, the jumping. <laughs> um, like again, you know, you're doing this first-person shooter. Yeah. You've got your weapons. Everything's yeah. so like beautiful and nice, and then. <laughs> when you start to run you can for some reason jump nine times your own height and you know you're just like okay like okay fair enough that happens in games but that's what takes any kind of realness which may have existed 
yeah. in the Halo game, yeah. the immersion, and just makes it silly. Uh, and I suppose that silliness could equate in some fashion to the arcadiness that I was perhaps talking about with regards to Resident Evil 4. Do you get me? No, I, I, I get what you mean, yeah. Um, so, like, maybe we should re-listen to every episode of the podcast and every time we've been talking about arcadiness, we've been talking about completely different things. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, for me, it's really... I mean, I don't disagree. You might. I think you might be right. It's... Uh, um, particularly when you, I mean, when you made the comparison to House of the Dead, and you can really feel that, you know, if I, if I again, if I close my eyes and I imagine myself in Resident Evil Four, and and you know, I don't know if, it was, if Resident Evil Four was the first one to do it, but now um, that like mechanic of um, you've got your red dot laser hovering on the head of something and it does like a step to the left or step yeah. to the right you see it everywhere now I don't know if it was the first time in Resident Evil but that really took off as a thing so yeah seeing like that and thinking about the House of the Dead I can see where you're I can see where you're coming from yeah. um, for me it's more the more your your sense of weight or impact in the universe I guess is how I always think of Arcady and also also I think how much you can invest in it as well so if it's like a I don't know, I'd say like Geometry Wars was arcadey because you can't really invest much in it, right? You've got, here's, here's the level I'm on and once I do the level, that's it, that's it. Done. Yeah, but you know, yeah, Geometry Wars is something I would definitely define as an arcadey game. You've got the score, you've got the floaty things and to a certain degree, you've got Twitch response, but the rest of the time you know what your enemies are going to do. The yellow ones are going to go from side to side. The pink mm-hmm. ones will do, go in a spiral. And you're like, right, yeah. okay, you know this mechanics. And that can be applied almost directly to how you play Resident Evil 4 and those zombies. Um, Maybe not, like, directly, but uh, you can see the metaphorical jump, perhaps, <laughs> there. <laughs> Um, so you're you're almost tracing like a direct line back to something like Space Invaders, right? Where yeah, one hundred percent. Exactly. Pac yeah. Man, you have different enemy types. Um, yeah. Wow. I understand your thesis, but I may not agree with it. <laughs> well, this has been very enlightening. <laughs> <coughs> and um, neither of us have been playing Resident Evil Four. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for a long time. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so like, oh. let's bring this back bring this back again yeah. <clears throat> I'm not going to do the voice because it might take us on another fucking tangent yeah, tangent yeah. tangent pageant pageant and tangent pageant pageant tangent anyway um, what have you been playing Farley what have I been playing well I'm going to do um, slightly uh, go off what am I trying to say it's Please more, don't it's go a, off on a tangent. <laughs> no, it's this first one I've got is a what are you watching? Oh, what are you playing? Um, readers of the blog and listeners to the podcast, readers to the podcast may have um, heard us talk before or heard me talk before about how I like to. 
uh, I don't know. It tickles. Just tickles, get the words out, man. What have you been watching? Part <laughs> of my brain when you see uh, gaming in like mainstream things. So, ah, right. Um, okay, yeah. I'm still, you know, when I see like gaming related stuff on Netflix, I mean, it still makes me really happy. Wreck-It Ralph and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah um, because I remember when it was there was none of that, right? Whatsoever. It was yeah. Just, you were this weirdo playing these weird video games and that was it and then now it's it's uh, I think as I was saying with um, a lot of the Square Enix stuff like the Dragon Quest movie and the Final Fantasy J- Japan home based drama slash advert um, are things that kind of crept out and, and I didn't know anything about so another one of these things when I was browsing uh, the corners of Netflix was um, the Monster Hunter CG movie Okay. Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild. Had no idea. I mean, quite a big Monster Hunter fan. Well, I say that. I played two of them. Um, <laughs> and I know there's a live action thing, or there was a live action thing with Yeah, Mila Jovovich, and it yeah. was released during COVID, and apparently it was terrible. Yeah, I watched. There was like a, in a way that they're doing these weird twelve-minute preview things. I, I watched that. Um, I was like, oh, this is really strange. I think she travelled from the future to some monster hunter land. Anyway, not a big fan of the live action thing. Um, but uh, and Capcom seems to love letting people make these things. There is a CG thing called Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild and much like uh, all their CG Resident Evil things like Infinite Darkness, also now on Netflix and Damnation oh, or whatever. Are we sponsored by Netflix? I thought we ditched the sponsors. <laughs> Oh no, but you know, these are gaming things. Um, like those other gaming capital things. Uh, it's not really good. Well, it's okay. It. I think I might have said this when I was talking about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. I don't know who it's for. Yes. <laughs> like they don't, yes. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't fill it full of, you know, it's not for like huge Monster Hunter fans and they fill it of loads of references and it's incomprehensible to anybody who who has never played a monster hunter game for obvious reasons because no one would watch it or wants that they do but then they kind of you know try to tell a fairly traditional or, or you know not particularly complicated story and it's a little bit charming but in a way that just feels so generic uh, against you know any other guess it's a young adult there are Quite a bit of violence in it um so i guess your teen up audience so yeah i don't i yeah, I, th- I think the people who don't know monster hunter will be like oh that was an okayish movie but weird because you've not really explained any of this whatsoever and then for the monster hunter people will be like, oh that was a bit of a you know too mainstreamy to be of interest um yeah and that's it <laughs> that's my okay cool I, I don't even know if i can recommend watching it um, but again, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad it exists. That review might not have suggested it, but you know, to have thought. If somebody needs some background watching and you kind of like the, <laughs> the Monster <laughs> yeah. Hunter series, we've yeah. got the perfect thing for yeah. you. <laughs> but yeah, but you, you actually do value your time. Then we've got a recommendation for you. Um, yeah, I I don't know if this will spin off more or, or if it was successful or not. Um, but weird. That's happy to discover it. Um, yeah. Weird. Yeah. And like I say, because Dragon, Dragon's Dog was also Capcom, isn't it? Yes. 
someone's convincing them, or Capcom is making them themselves. I'm not too sure who kind of writes and produces them. So there we go. Well, maybe Capcom just needs some money and just uh, like, guys, guys, guys. But I don't know how to generate the money. It's, you know, it's not. And the animation is good. But yeah, I mean, like, look, like, look, there's plenty of things with good animation out there. It's like, like all these. Uh, I mean, it's like maybe the 19th time I've brought this up in the podcast, but like the the DC cartoons and the you know the Marvel cartoons, they're they're great standalone little things, but they're never going to be popular. You know, and I think it's it's a weird. Maybe there's still a stigma around animation. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, Monster Hunter is one of those huge franchises. Not so much. I mean, growing in the, in Europe and America. Huge, huge, huge in Japan. Um, but then it seems... I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe got a cinematic release over there. Um, but, yeah. It, it, maybe, it's, it's maybe like, yeah. That's, you know, that's it, what it is. You're just kind of hitting the point. It's just like... We have made this for Japan. They like it. It's not going to do great in the West. We're just going to give it to Netflix. And here we got, you know, a couple of famous people to do the voiceover dub of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. But it, to me, it's weird because let's take this mega, mega franchise and then and then essentially make it straight to video. Yeah. So, well, you could have, I think, if you'd invested in it more, it could have done better. I don't know. I don't know how well it's done. I mean, anyway, that's a general it. rule for life. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, Could have, yeah, well, yeah. We, you know, if you really wanted to uh, capitalize that, but then I guess it's the same as the World of Warcraft. It's the same as every fucking video game thing <laughs> they tried to do. Yeah, that was a really popular video game. Uh, how do we squeeze a, a four hundred hour seven? I mean, it's not even about the story. It's more just kind of like here's a niche thing. Which, oh yeah, not everybody has access to or has played or indeed has invested the 200 hours that you're supposed to invest in. Uh, So, like, how do you... You're automatically marketing to a smaller audience. uh, And again, probably even a fraction of the people who actually enjoy Monster Hunter don't even really want to see the film. So it's a fraction of a fraction. Mm. It's a niche, tiny little market that they're they're angling this for. I just don't know why. I'm really them. angry now. I am I, I, irrationally <laughs> angry. Yeah, because you know, I, like I say, I'm a I'm a fan of the Monster Hunter games, and I sat there and there were, you know, probably listeners are like, oh yeah, look, there's a the loss of prey. It's exciting. Um, and that's all I was really getting out of it. Yeah, extra. I suppose. So, would you yeah. say that the Pokemon movies are perhaps a um, what's the word I'm looking for? An antithesis of this point because they they they're super popular, and like people enjoy the movies even though they don't play the games. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess they're a bit because it's. From the start, there was always they were always like, "Here's an anime, and a manga, and a card game." So it it has chops of its own. But even then, they make an extra effort in some parts of the world, not the fucking UK, but in other parts <laughs> of the world where the release of the movie will, especially these days, will tie in with there's something going on in Pokemon Go and 
yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, card yeah. or maybe a code. There'll be a read yeah. that's specially yeah, yeah, based yeah. around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you can go to the one cinema in the UK in central London that's showing the cinema at four o'clock <laughs> in the morning, uh, you can get QR code, which yeah. gives you some. So you know, at least there's the attempt to to be like, hey, this is cross franchise. Whereas I think I mentioned with them, Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> it's like, hey, remember that game that came out eight years ago? <laughs> Here's a thing based on it, and it was quite good. It was quite good, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe things don't need to have an economic uh, underbelly to them. Maybe they can just be their own thing. Stop worrying about. It. Stop worrying about Capcom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. There's no point getting irrationally angry over Capcom's marketing team that yeah. think that the, you know, the Dragon's Dogma animation is going to attract other people other than the ones that are actually... I wonder if there is someone out there who's, like, watched Dragon's Dogma yeah. on Netflix and is like, you know, that's really cool. I wonder if there's, you know, some other way for me to explore the lore and mythos of Dragon's yeah. Dogma and then like there's a game about it <laughs> no fucking way I've got 300 yeah. hours of a, I'm gonna pay Capcom money this is like exactly what some stupid executive thought is like let's put the cartoon out but maybe we'll get more sales of that old game yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, was it even out I think it was out on the Switch I think that was the only thing it was actually out on Oh um, god, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's. But I don't think they even coincided the re-release on Switch with it. So yeah, I don't know. Or maybe there is someone out there who's just a huge Dragon's Dogma fan. Doesn't play video games. No, like a video I, game. I guarantee that if you were to go on Google right now and put in Dragon's Dogma forum, there will be like at least you know two thousand members, and they're all ranting about how. XYZ is canon and all this sort of stuff and yeah. the cartoon proves this point because look he did this thing we always knew that from the game and yeah if you get the good ending oh, I don't even know <laughs> what Dragon's Dogma is this is a game <laughs> I mean yeah I mean that's the other bad thing about it isn't it is we're making sort of taking the piss out of people who've watched this and not played Dragon's Dogma Oh, you haven't watched it or played Dragon's Dogma. No, I haven't. I've watched it. We I have not just... played Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> we are the people who we were taking the piss out of. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe we are. Yeah, we are what the executives want. Yeah, we are. We're promoting word of mouth. Yeah, look. All 14 of our listeners. 14 now... is a bit generous. That's <laughs> <laughs> including us. Are now uh, slightly more aware of Monster Hunter and... And Dragon's Dogma, and we'll be running out to buy the art book and games. So yeah, that was Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild. Yeah, cool. So you were watching a thing? Streaming now. Cool. On Netflix, you see? Yeah. <laughs> cool. In the UK. Slightly weird. Slightly weird Netflix disease. On a slightly related note, um, because... And I feel this always happens. Um, well, depending on when you're listening. In our in, in the podcast timeline, um, Pokemon TV has just been released for the Nintendo Switch. It's yep. a free app. 
and it always seems to be like really strange time they're like oh here have this free app you can download it happens on the 3ds as well um and on mobile and it, it hurts and maybe in another country it makes sense but it hurts me because pokemon tv allows you to watch a really fucking weird selection of pokemon things um <laughs> seven episodes of season 21 two episodes of the latest season <laughs> two of the movies maybe if they're doing like a, they're doing a, um like a sh- short anime series at the moment called evolutions that'll be on there for a bit but they won't be on there forever um and again i just don't know who this is for because <laughs> In the UK, anyway, I know, it's, I know it's definitely different elsewhere. Um, you can watch, I think it's the first season uh, and the last two seasons of Pokemon on Netflix. But 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 did they not also do a big release of everything on YouTube as well? Yeah, and there's also there's also that. So sometimes they put whole episodes up on that. Um, and then uh, everywhere else in the world, I think, got um, the current anime series on Netflix and we only got it just recently there's no way to watch it you could watch the first two episodes of it on um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Pokemon TV and I think you could watch two more on YouTube um, and so now we've finally got all of them um, and it just drives me nuts I just and I, I don't know again maybe I'm being irrational but if I wanted to watch all of Pokemon I think I probably nearly have done there's no way for me to do it legally I don't think they've all been released See, season one <laughs> I think I ranted about this was, <laughs> season one of the Pokemon series came out on DVD in 2019 season two not so, okay. yeah. yeah I just I don't know who's making those decisions oh yeah we'll put a few episodes here a few episodes there Oh, you want a season and a half and three films on 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 Netflix, and then some on. Just put it all on Pokemon TV. Who is? <laughs> Why wouldn't you just put it all on Pokemon? Yeah, it's TV? like, oh, let's create a platform to consolidate everything. Oh no, we can't. No, no, it's also an awful platform. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> like on the Switch, if you load up an episode, it sits there and thinks for three minutes before loading up the episode. Awesome. Um, and on mobile, it just used to. Um, uh, and I think you could use it online as well if you're into the Pokemon website. Uh, it, it would regularly, like, you know, the circle would come up once you'd watch. Depending on your connection, it, you'd watch like 30 seconds at a time. This is not the best viewing experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> there we go. And you can't even buy it. Maybe you can in other countries. You can't. If you, if you want to be like, do you know yeah, what? I think, I think you've made your point. I'm a huge fan of the anime. <laughs> I want to own all of it. All yeah. 20 odd seasons and the spin offs and this weird. That's thing. the other thing is like, if you put a price tag on it and said, yeah, you can have it all for X. Yeah. Then, yeah, well, I'd be down for it. But no, they're not going to do that. Also, there's no such thing. You can't have Netflix if you pay 20 quid. You know, you have to pay some subscription for you fee that can be have add-ons and bolt-ons and all sorts of shit you know yeah yeah I, it, 
it's just less than ideal viewing experience. We just sound like grumpy old men. <laughs> I just, again, I'm worried about the Pokemon company. Yeah. Um, I think they've made some bad decisions and they also need our um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sage advice on, help <laughs> on their multi-billion pound dollar uh, empire. Uh, it makes yeah. you wonder why they didn't come to us in the first place. We've got all the answers. I know, yeah. I'd be more than willing to say, actually, I would like to see the second half of this season that's never ever been <laughs> I mean, we can't complain too much, right? When we were kids, it was, it was you'd have to just watch whatever fucking episode they decided to put on a Saturday morning. I know. Who cares? If they they weren't in chronological to... order, ever. <laughs> there was like, I remember, this is a, this is a really weird thing, but I remember... Um, there, do you remember there was a Saturday morning um, kids TV show that was all based around Warner Brothers? Vaguely. To, yeah, it used to like play Tasmania and things like that. It was also where they played Batman animated series. Okay. So, they're at Christmas, because um, they would run these through the Christmas holidays as well, um, there was a an episode of the Batman animated series, which was called Christmas with the Joker, Part One. Yeah. We never got Part Two. <laughs> He's still, still waiting, Richie. No, no, I, I actually um, what it was they really, really annoying. <laughs> a few years ago, I actually came across it. And I was like, oh no way! I now get to see the end of this episode. Yeah. 30 yeah. years later yeah. you know thanks to the wonder of us and it was only because I stumbled across some probably pointless Kotaku adverts says now you can see the second you know Batman for the first time like why the hell was I never able to see this before and it's just like mental it's so, now bugging me that I can't remember what the name of that um, episode was no the the Saturday morning was it uh, was is that the one that the Animaniacs is also on? Yeah, Animaniacs, Tasmania, um, and yeah, Batman animated series. Oh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe we shouldn't complain. Actually, we 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 are progressively getting things better, and in another thirty years, we'll be able to re- just view things in chronological order at our leisure. When we started off from you just have to view things at this certain time, and if you miss it, you're fucked, and we'll do whatever random episode. Now we're halfway there. The children of the future will be able to sit and chronologically watch TV programs that people have lovingly made. It was called What's Up Doc. What's Up Doc? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do not remember that at all. Yeah. So there we go. Sorry. Yep. Kill. Cool. Um, what have you been playing? So, I have been playing, and I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, which defeats the purpose of it. No, no. Um, I have been playing the expansion to Streets of Rage 4. Oh, interesting. Yes. I didn't know there was an expansion. Yes, so uh, it's the Mr. X Nightmare expansion, and they've added uh, four new characters. I say it questioningly because I can only think of three right now. Um, but yeah. They've added new characters to it, um, which you can use to play through the game. Um, it's always useful for characters. But they also they did a pre-patch for it as well, mm-hmm. um, which basically overhauled the characters, their ranges, and 
tidied up a little bit of their um, what's it called? Their you know their combos and the sort of the ways to hit them off the corners is the edges of the screen. Um, yeah, and um, they tweet Axel. Um, you know, generic boy, Genericson. Yeah, yeah, um, and they've made him so much more fun to play. Um, and uh, yeah, I was playing it during pre-patch, and it's just, it's just combo, 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 combo. I mean, I don't know what they've done because it hasn't really changed how he plays, but it just feels so much more fun to play. I don't know if I'm being articulate enough here. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, we know that you're um, a competitive um, Streets of Rage single-player story mode player, having won the Streets of Rage 2 <laughs> competition when you were younger. Has the, uh, the pre-patch um, tweaked the meta for the competitive Streets of Rage 4 player? I have no idea what the competitive um, side of it has had any effect on it because, quite honestly, I was just enjoying playing through because you play through, you up the difficulty a little bit, you, you keep the combo up. The mechanic for how you handle uh, life regeneration and spending your um, specials is mm-hmm. so cool um, because basically you have one bar and if you spend or if you do a a more powerful move um basically like you take a little bit of your you spend a little bit of your life or potential life to use that move yeah. but if you keep a combo going or indeed you pick up food as you're going along you're actually just getting that the 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 amount that you spent on your health bar back if you get me yeah so if you yeah. keep a combo up your your health bar goes up um no oh. uh, you have to let the combo time out to get your health bar uh, okay. back but you don't really want the combo to time out, so it's sort of risk and reward all the way through the game. Um, Can you KO yourself through doing specials, or will it remain? No, no, no. You, you like it, once you get down to the zero health, you're like if you're playing on zero health, yeah, without getting hit once. I mean, like, yeah, you you may as well just be like doing YouTube videos all day <laughs> of how cool you are, um, but. Yeah, you know, like that mechanic, I think is really, really good, and it suits um, that kind of uh, arcadiness within a game. Yeah, it is yeah. an it is an arcade, arcade, definitely an arcade game. Yeah, no, definitely, and um, but an ingenious solution, perhaps, to what I have always found to be a rub with side-scrolling beat 'em ups. Yeah. Is that if you don't know what's coming up, they're just really hard. Okay. Yeah, no, the levels are actually quite short. You mean you spend maybe five minutes per level, um, and you do have chances to um, 
parry hits or get used to how a new enemy when they appear on the screen yeah. gets handled um, and like I mean don't get me wrong like when you watch people who are absolutely nuts at this game uh, on YouTube you're just like oh this sickens me as to how good this person is <laughs> and it's only because they know exactly what's going to happen next and they're standing in the right place yeah you know like I don't know if you remember much about um Streets of Rage, but you get these people that breathe fire and then just walk diagonally across the screen. Yeah, I was I was um, playing Streets of Rage two the other day with a friend, and I could sort of remember the early levels, but then, um, you know, there are levels where the guys just plow across in the motorbike, and you yep. can only really get them if you're at a certain level with them to do a kit. Otherwise, they just hit you, and you can't really do anything about it. Yeah. Um. But then yeah, you've got yeah. like you got crappy little mechanics that exist even in the older ones where you're invincible for a little bit whilst you're uh, doing the animation to hold someone so you yeah. can like uh, and that sort of stuff and you can use like if you keep Friend of the Fire on then you can use your um, your buddy as a person that you hold so you can both stay invincible at that point when they charge past you and then all that sort of take but yeah like it's ridiculous like um i'll never be that good but i tell you what when playing as axel with his new rejigged combo system it was just it was fluid it was fun it was just great to play the three new characters maybe four um three new <laughs> characters <laughs> they have i I was really looking forward to playing as Estelle, who's this kind of great big um, female uh, cop, and she's got this cool sort of um, hairdo, sort of like one braided tail on one side, and she's cool, but actually playing as her is like, compared to Axel, it's like walking through mud. Or walking mm. through a swamp, she's just oh, be faster, be more, you know, reactive. What kind of, is she, what kind of character is she? Grappler. She looks like. Um, I think it's hard to pigeonhole these characters into that kind of. They're not grapplers and zoners and things like that. Although well, I suppose Cherry is a zoner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like you know, Max was pretty much a grappler and. Blaze was a little bit of a range kind of range count had much more kind of range to her and Axel was your kind of standard. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam's also a lot of fun to play. Very generic, boring character. But Adam in in, in Street Rage 4 is, is is probably like my second favourite character to play. But I hate the fact that he's my second favourite character to play, like there are so many other exciting and interesting characters there and yet I fall back to the mechanics of how they play in the game to, divide, yeah. to decide if they're my favourite or not. Yeah. Um, I suppose that is a feeling. You know, with a lot of games you can choose the character based on how they look and feel or just how they look and think, you know what, I'm going to main this character. I'm going to learn them inside out and I want to play as them. Whereas Streets of Rage 4, like, yeah, I could sit and learn, you know, the big 
steel-armed Jack's rip-off guy. Um, or I could actually have fun playing as Axel. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. But I suppose, like, teach your own. I'm sure that people could take that aesthetics thing, but I just find it very hard to um, waffle and waffle on. Waffle, waffle, waffle. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, are, there, are there secret characters? Yes. Basically, you as you progress through the game, there is an EXP bar, which is just basically you've played the game for this amount of time, or you defeated this many enemies, so you, you get some uh, EXP. And at each level, you unlock the retro Streets of Rage 1, mm-hmm. 2, and 3 characters. Which is quite cool. Have you unlocked the Super Secret character? No. Do you know what it is? Uh, is it... It's not Roger. Is it, uh... Basically, a fake Roger. Rue. Hmm? Rue. Rue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rue's in the game as a bartender. <laughs> really? Yeah. Who knows? Um, well, that sounds very good. But yeah, I Streets of Rage loved... 4 is a really, really fun game. And yeah. Well worth picking up. I love Streets of Rage. Um, I don't think I don't think I played the first one. I played two and three. And uh, the uh, ending song to Streets of Rage 2. Who knew that the <laughs> kind of ending song of Streets of Rage 2 would be any good? It's fantastic. I still have it. I still listen to it regularly. Uh, cool, cool, yeah. cool. I don't know what it's called. That was back. I downloaded it back in the day when, when video game music didn't have words. You just go and have to find the files and listen to them all in no order whatsoever. <laughs> so you'd have to listen to like hundreds of hey, 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 and then you get the music from level two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember what was it? It was um, Tomb Raider on the PlayStation One. Yes. You could put that in a CD player and it had like 99 tracks. Yeah. And it was just basically her exertions. Yes. So it's like, And then also um, (laughs) what she'd say in the tutorial as well. She's like, I don't have to jump everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also the cutscenes as well. Um, Yeah. Used to love that. They stopped doing that though. I think I remember... The GTA on PlayStation was sort of the last game that you could just pop the disc yeah. into a computer and rip all the music off. And they stopped doing it so easily. Anyway, obviously, there are means and ways. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, last up. Yeah. What have you been playing? What am I actually been playing? playing? Yes, this time not watching. Not if watching. you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been downloading a lot of demos. Um, we've been blessed with a couple of Nintendo Directy type things, and so I always have a go at the demos. Um, particularly because I do, I do like. Them. And this demo is available at the end of this presentation. Oh, that's really exciting. Um, so I downloaded the WarioWare Get It Together. Oh, right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Demo. Uh, I mean, hot take on WarioWare. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, like, you are a massive WarioWare fan. I don't know that many people that 
are like into it or really like it. But yeah, I would say that it, this is a good chance for WarioWare to be a, a bigger hit. Yeah, I they've always been weird. I remember they started, um, maybe it was back in the GBA days when, again, particularly in the UK, there would be games that we just didn't get. Um, like get think, cognitively or just physically get? Just that this never came came okay. over. It's never got never got um, ported. Although I think actually we got a worry where that America didn't get. Um, but it was one of those weird, definitely one of those weird franchises, um, and it wasn't like the Zeldas and the Marios of this world despite being um, uh, a main Nintendo character if you like and then it wasn't until I distinctly remember reading in one of the Nintendo magazines about WarioWare on the GameCube uh, being this wacky collection of micro yeah. games if you're not familiar with um, with WarioWare uh, that we used to play a lot of together it's just huge fun you've got you know, whatever it is 15 seconds to work out what's going on try and do it f that it's usually split <laughs> second fucking right okay you know, gotta do the thing swat a fly put a finger up a nose pluck a nose hair out um really fun and then each of those will have three different difficulty iterations uh, if you're playing it multiplayer they speed up and they get harder uh, then there were all kinds of wacky ones there's one that would, you could make your own games and share them on the ds so the new kind of innovation in WarioWare Get It Together is um, you can take on all the mini games with different characters and all the characters. There's a there's an expanded Wario family, and they're not as annoying as the Sonic family. Some of them are getting there, and there's yeah. now that's like like nine volt, twelve volt, six volt. So it's getting a bit unwieldy, um, but we like most of them. Um, and they each do different things, which which completely change the way you play the game. But you can, in theory, do every mini game with every character. Um, so in the short demo, which is downloadable, and you, you get you get um, quite a few, like six or seven characters. I think you you unlock. Um, but obviously you 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 only get a handful of the uh, micro games, and so you, you get to see how they play. Some characters are slightly better at some micro games in theory they're all they're all um, doable yeah I don't know if I'll pick it up anymore because uh, when do I ever see people to sit on a couch and play games um, more than one person should we say um, although I did have there's a rare rare moment that happened recently um, which I might have talked about before where it was it was kind of exciting to dig out all these like the last three generations worth of multiplayer games that we hadn't played um, so yeah, WarioWare would be great for that. Um, but I probably won't pick up, but it looks like another great slice of wacky ma- micro games. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and for anybody who's into a little bit of like, it's it's very very couch co-op friendly fun. Um, yeah. and, and I kind of want to own it, even though I don't ever have people running in my house and I don't have friends uh, but yeah you know it's just like if that ever happens you know yeah this is one that I mentally pick out for, for uh, a younger me like yeah, a younger me and his friends would definitely yeah. appreciate this exactly but for some reason you had more time um, <laughs> in general yeah. and you could like sit down and just spend an afternoon playing games 
Yeah. How? How? how like, it just doesn't happen anymore. Was well, because you know we now have to go to work and also make the meals and, and work for the man and damn the man. Be Save depressed and be aware of what's going on in the world and not have inclination to uh, sit and pick a giant yeah. nose. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure you can make time for it. I mean, we know we've discussed this many times before. Oh, I don't have any time to play any games anymore. So I'm up to 2,000 hours on World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't even look at my slash plate anymore. I've yeah, devoured. It's what, it's, <laughs> it's what you make time for. I think. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm happy that where where uh, continues. Um. And it was like another great entry in the series. Weird. It feels like I'm trying to sell WarioWare to people. I, I, I get it. I, I don't get a sense. Oh my god! Imagine us thinking of ourselves as legit, <laughs> legitimate journalism. Oh god, we can't have that happen. <laughs> well, I think Nintendo needs some advice from two little guys. That guy's a maniac on uh, <laughs> international distribution of their products. No, it, it always strikes me as being slightly off the beaten track, even though there is a. You know, Wario is well loved character and is in all the Mario Kart's Mario Tennis. There's a WarioWare hey. stage, two WarioWare <laughs> stages in Smash Brothers that I'm sure people must have been like, huh, what's this crazy thing came from? Um, but yeah. yeah, you know, it, it, it sits very squarely in the crazy Japanese genre. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. and like, yeah. Um, nothing more to say really <laughs> no uh, one of those games that I think or series that thrived on word of mouth but very few people would have walked into no. a game back in the day and be like, I mean I'm there are probably a million other games that people would choose before they get something called WarioWare yeah it, it didn't help itself even though the um, the art design is kind of very strong but the cover of the cases tell you nothing I mean I, I, I don't <laughs> How do you? How do you communicate what we're about? We, we grew up in a time where the cover of any box of any video game looked nothing like the actual game itself. Yeah, but at least it would give you an insight into kind of roughly what you were. This is into. definitely uh, an egg that seems to be swinging through the jungle, dizzy in the jungle. Does yeah, but that's what you get. Yeah, let me hang on. I'm gonna grab the box of WarioWare on the GameCube. Okay. Am I supposed to fill for time? I no. This this is awful. This is the worst, worst way to. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've actually got a little bit of um anxiety. Sort of left by myself just to did you cover fill me? time no i yeah. i floundered really really badly um i dropped all my games on the floor uh france i'm looking Karma. at nintendo nintendo i'll describe it for the read audio bit of audio description the cover for warrior inc which is the nintendo gamecube game it's pure yellow so imagine pure yellow it's got a nice yellow spine as well yeah uh at the top it says only for nintendo gamecube um, and then there's a logo that says WarioWare Inc. Mega Party Games. And then it's just a picture of Wario in his 
motorcycle gear with his hands in the air and a really bad speech bubble coming out of his wrist <laughs> saying over 200 minigames. Okay. It looks like vaporware. Yeah. <laughs> Solidly looks like vaporware. <laughs> Uh, and it has the original Nintendo seal of quality, which, as we know, meant less and less as the years went on. <laughs> Maybe we'll put a picture of it on the social medias. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. We always remember to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture of it now. <laughs> yeah. I have the German version. Well, maybe there's some strange... The German debug. techno version. <laughs> some strange debug menu. <laughs> German version. So, yeah, that's it. Okay. Where do I get together? Cool. But that's everything then. That's the end of the podcast. Wow. That guy's a maniac. Yeah, what about me? <laughs>